right, we're going to begin this morning. Hallelujah. You guys are looking so good, we thought we'd put a mirror up here this morning. Just to, let me see if I can, uh, Rich and Kimberly, anyway. How many people are having a great year? All right. How many people are having an okay year? Okay, we're going to believe for you to have a great year. Let me tell you, you know, as we begin again this year, as, as we do at the chapel, we encourage you, as you come into to this place, we know that this should not be your only spiritual education or even the, the point of just saying, you know, this is the only time I think about God. On Sundays, when we get together, it's such a blessing to hear the Word of God, to get together. This is a time of celebration that we just, again, kind of just celebrate what God has done all through the week. But it is so important to come to the house of the Lord, to be able to hear the Word of God, to be in the presence of God, but also in the presence of other believers. You know the passage of Scripture that we have built this church on is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. It is important that you love yourself so that you can love me. I'm going to need some more loving from you. So learn your identity in the Lord and what God says over your life. And then as you go deeper in the Word of God, and you go deeper in the Word of God, again, that revelation of the Word of God in your life begins to open up doors. And and there's nothing like getting revelation and the light bulb goes on and you go, man, God... You might have been in church 10 years, but only had one year of experience in God for 10 years in a row. So this morning, I've asked Gwen to speak on the subject of knowing God. Now, before you say, well, I know God, get ready. And and again, as your heart opens up to what God is speaking through the Holy Spirit for your life, allow the Holy Spirit to customize the message for each one because God has a word for you today. Amen. Let's give a hand as she comes. One moment. There we go. Don't always know if I've clicked the right button. So glad you're here on Sunday. It's great to see you. And um, John and I are praying over you as our church family for the coming year that it'll be a great year of blessing for you. So I just want to open in prayer. And here's what I'd like to do as we approach God's word is for you just to present before him today uh, just yourself and say, Lord, take me from where I am to where I need to be. Do you know, only He can do that in, in and through His Word. And as we discuss and communicate principles today, only He can do that. So let's just uh, position ourselves. You know, you have to be in position to receive God's Word. You can hear the Word of God. It can go in your ear, you know, the, the sound waves can move across your thinking, but it's completely different when there is life change that takes place. You ever had that happen because of something you heard, a truth from God's Word? So that's where we want to be. That's where we want to start. Let's open in prayer today. Father, we just um, are, are thankful, first of all, for your word. We're thankful that your spirit is here, and it was evident, and we felt your presence in worship today. We want to thank you for that. And now, Lord, we're asking you to just um, do what you do. 
You are good and you are faithful to your word. Your word is alive, active, operative, and energizing. And we fully expect as the word goes forth, as we look into scripture today, and as, um, as I speak, I just pray that you would uh, help me to have clarity, Father, and give me words to speak that are right from the heart of God. And I pray, Father, that everyone in the place would have anointed ears to hear to receive a personal word from you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's talk about knowing God. How well do you know God? Now, before you answer that, as you're dialoguing internally with yourself, I didn't say how long. How long have you known the Lord? No. How well do you know the Lord? How well do you know God? And, you know, it pays to assess ourselves periodically and say, you know, I'm not where I need to be. It's okay to be honest and say, I'm not where I need to be. There's been, there have been some things that have begun to crowd in and, um, maybe take place over my schedule and I have not been making time for God. And and then naturally, oftentimes we spiritualize a relationship with God in a way and make it strange. But I want you to think as we talk today, I want you to think about even your relationship with others. Your relationship with others is often no different. There are certain relational relationship laws, we might say, relationship um systems that just work in our lives, and God is no different. So um, today as you're thinking, how is my relationship with God doing? Am I knowing Him and growing in Him more each day? Is my relationship increasing? I want you to look at, at, at yourself um, oftentimes in a, in a situation like this when we're in church and we hear a word, especially if we live closely with those and we're sitting next to someone by we're thinking, I hope they get this. This, this is, hey. You know, we want to we wanna make sure they get it. I want you just to block out all of that and just receive the word of the Lord for yourself today. Not think about, it. I'm going to call my mom and say, she needs to listen to this on podcast. But that you just receive the word of the Lord for yourself today. And I want to do the same. Um, let's look at John 17, 3. And then we're going to go to a place in Exodus today. I'm reading from the ESV version, and it says this, and this is eternal life. Uh, Are your ears perked? Wow, what a truth. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life. The most important thing we could talk about today is knowing God knowing who he is and moving and 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 advancing in our relationship with him that is eternal life you were created for eternal life that's why there's something within you no matter your age today that if we begin to talk very long about death and about uh you know how long the the average lifespan is or how certain sicknesses and diseases can end your life there's something in you that just kind of cringes why because you were created to never die The only reason there is death in the world is because of the original sin of Adam and Eve, and it affected this planet. So there's something in you that was created for eternal life, and this is it. We tap into it 
by coming to know God more fully all the time. I want to look at an example in Scripture as we go to Exodus and we look at the life of Moses for a minute. We're just going to look at a, a, a look into a, a passage, a short piece here. You may want to go back home, jot this down and go back home and read more about the life of Moses. What an amazing person. The Bible, unlike any other book you read, is not a history book. Moses was a real man. Moses lived and walked with God in a close relationship. And you'll see, it's always encouraging to study men and women in God's Word because they didn't live lives of perfection. Somehow that's encouraging to me. So Moses did not live a perfect life. We see flaws in his life at times. But I want to look at some things that he did get right. Today we want to look at his life and then apply it to our own, shall we? It says in verse 7 of Exodus 33, now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Kind of like going to church service, place where he met God. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Verse 8. I'm dependent on this um, scripture uh, or on the screen today. I'm so thankful uh, for my son in the sound booth, he's always good about if I add him another, that he'll just jump right in there and he'll, he'll, I, I, oftentimes I want to take a piece of it or whatever. And then I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord. I give him my notes on Thursday and then I think, no, I need to go a little further. I'm going to go further even before the screen gets there and, and kind of tell you what happens here. If we keep moving, what happens with Moses is he would go and he would go outside the community. And as he walked, the Bible tells you, you can look right down on your scripture there. And it says that as he went out to the tent, all the people, he's going to the tent of meeting where he meets with God. And all the people would rise and stand at the entrances to their tents. So they would come outside their houses, outside their tents as he passed by and watch as he would go to the tent of meeting. And it says they would watch Moses until he entered the tent. Verse 9. If we keep on, it says that he would, he would go meet personally with God in the tent. The pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. I want to stop for a minute today and talk to you a little bit about if, if you're in a situation where maybe you hang out with other Christians, you know other believers and you talk about God, that's not the same as knowing him. In fact, there's such an energy that comes when you hear worship and when you hear people talk about God, it can almost feel like you do know Him because of the proximity. There's just such a power in talking about God that He inhabits our conversation even. And so that's not the same though. Let's move on to verse 10. The Bible tells us that as Moses would go to the tent, there they would, he would meet with God, and the people would, they didn't go there. Now it tells us that Joshua, the son of Nun, which was an assistant to Moses, would stand outside the tent. Here's another little sidebar. Moses is the main, main man we're gonna, gonna look, look at today. So, um, Moses would go into the tent and then Joshua would stand outside. He would meet with God and oftentimes when Moses came out, he would be glowing. There would be such evidence of his meeting with God that his face would glow. And so everybody just knew that Moses knew God in a way that they didn't know God. 
Now, Joshua did something, and remember, he became the next leader over Israel. If you look in Scripture, it says that, Mo- that Joshua would hang around that tent. When Moses would go back, he was not content just to let Moses know God for himself. The Bible tells us Joshua would hang around there. And he would stay around the tent of meeting to be near the presence of God. So um, I want to move to, um, let's, let's go down a ways. Can you go to verse 11? How are you guys doing with tracking me? The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young A, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Verse 13. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. This passage tells us what Moses is saying. He goes on to say that the people have known, we have seen your, your, your acts, but I want to know your ways. I want to know the presence of God. I want to know you intimately. Oftentimes in the Christian walk, we're looking for a healing. We're looking for Breakthrough in our finances. How many of you, there were, I, th- I think I counted like 56 of you that came in the first hour this morning and heard the, the information on finances. What great teaching. God's so good, he gives us breakthrough in our finances. Maybe you're in a relational crisis and you need a breakthrough. Those are the acts of God. How wonderful is he to show his goodness to Christians? But I'm not talking about just knowing him by his acts. I don't want to be satisfied just with the next answer to my prayer and the fact that things worked out for another week. But I want the presence of God in my life. And our goal today as we look into Scripture is that we leave here today with such a hunger. Maybe you never have heard that in relationship to the presence of God. A hunger. You know, if you're hungry, it's not going to be long before you find something to eat. It might not be the best thing if you wait too long. You might grab a bag of Cheetos as you're standing there checking out at the gas station. You might do something crazy because you're just so hungry. Oftentimes, we fill our lives with things. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I don't really know what you mean by hunger. If we're not careful, we can fill our lives with so many things because we've got a longing in our heart. There's a God-sized emptiness inside you that was created to know the presence of God. And if we fill it with certain kinds of music, just because we feel better for a minute, we fill it with alcohol because it gives us a deadness we fill it with a relationship thinking that person surely is going to make everything feel better it might for a second or two but there's a god-sized hole in you and in me that is only going to grow without the presence of god and that's what you were created for we can't argue with that 
We can't change it. It's the way that you and I were created. To know him and nothing else satisfies. Now, maybe you have acquaintances in your life. Maybe you have friends that you know. Uh, and then you have a closer-knit circle, close friends. And then in beyond that, you have a family unit. There's levels of relationship. I want you to think about that level of relationship as we talk today in knowing God. In fact, knowing God, I, I dare to say knowing Him directly affects your quality of life. In fact, knowing Him directly affects your other relationships. You know, if you hang out with certain types of friends, they just rub off on you. You have some friends that you're just drawn to. We're going to talk about that in a minute and look at that and, and look at our relationship and say, why is there not a hunger? Or why am I not where I want to be? And listen, maybe you're here today and you're, and you're thinking, I feel like I'm on a high in my relationship with God. Awesome. It's wonderful. You'll just be saying amen along the way, and it'll be so sweet. You'll be like, I'm in that, that sweet spot. I know that. I know the, the, the sense of his presence. And so, again, I want you just, we're all evaluating ourselves today. Um, so, any relationship, any, you can take your family relationships, uh, extended family, whatever. It takes time and attention. And we can't get around that. It takes time and attention to have quality relationships, fulfilling relationships, time and attention. You know, the interesting thing about relationship with God is he already knows you. Maybe you're thinking, ah, that's a disadvantage. He already knows everything about you, but he fully wants you to know things about him. When I uh, just started dating John, we were in college, and we'd met. We'd been friends for a while, actually. We were friends, and uh, he was dating another girl, and um, she moved away. And then we were just friends. And so um, as we were friends, just getting to know one another, um, one day we were, we were talking, and he said, you know what? I noticed that when I'm around you, you just let me do all the talking. I don't really like that. Do you know what happened? I fell in love. My mom had taught me, my mom had taught me, the best thing you can do as a friend is to just let someone else talk about themselves. Everybody wants to talk about themselves, and they're the center of their world, and so it's a kind thing for you to just learn how to get other people talking about themselves. I didn't realize I had become pretty good at that. But I'd never met anybody that said, tell me about you. I want you to think about that in your relationship with God. Is there such a busy traffic going on and there's not an exchange? Any good relationship, maybe you're sitting there today, you can think of your best, your favorite relationship in all the world. There's an exchange or it's not good. There's an exchange. If you have an amazing relationship, there's an exchange. You have something to bring to the table. You receive something when you're with that person. And if that's the way it is, there's that positive exchange. You will seek them out. You'll seek them out. That's where that hunger and that desire comes from, is seeking out the Lord and finding 
Here's the, here's the thing. Finding that satisfaction. You ever been with a friend and you leave that conversation? I'm, I'm looking at a few in here that, that I've, I've, I've experienced this with. Some of my, my friends, we go and retreat together. And maybe two hours later, we're looking at our clocks and thinking, oh my goodness, time has, time has, has ticked away. Well, that's the way it can be with God. And that's what we're looking for. You know, in the chapel here, you'll hear things such as, you want to follow the plan of God for your life. You will never be so satisfied as fulfilling his purpose and his plan. Yes. However, the call and purpose of God are secondary. They come under knowing him in close relationship. Knowing him closely. There is nothing like it in the whole world. And so time and attention are major things that we need, that it's going to take to make sure that we know him. Let's look. We're going to talk about relationships in general. Because, again, John mentioned that um, this church is founded on a scripture to love God and love your neighbor. So we're going to talk a little bit about other people as well and just relationships in general. And you're going to find yourself through that. And God's going to speak to you about his relationship with you and your relationship with others. For example, you wouldn't be able to say today, I have a great relationship with God. I just don't have any friends. I just don't really can't think of anybody I like. No. The Bible says, how can you love God who you can't see if you cannot love the person that you live with? That's my paraphrase. But he says, if you can't love the person that you see, we like to think. See, we're going to be honest with ourselves today and just don't look to the right or the left. Um, You know, if you start to feel fleshed in the face, just don't look around. No one will know that it's speaking directly to you. But the the thing is, we can't say, I have this fiery relationship with God, but I can't get along with anybody. It's just not true. There's no truth in that. Let's talk about why we spend time with people. Proximity. Work associates. Classmates. You got a roommate? Proximity, there they are. You spend time with them. Family members, church friends, proximity. Or we could say, because I have to. Because I have to. That's one of the reasons. Think, what are we thinking about? Our relationship with God. I'm going to show you some blockades in a minute that are going to help you if you've never moved beyond a point in your life. If there's a deadness in your relationship with God, it's going to change today when you see some of these life truths. So proximity, we have to. Why is the other, the second reason we spend time with people? Desire. Desire. This is where we're going with God. Desire because I want to. Because I want to. Because I love him and there's a hunger. I cannot help myself. Maybe you're sitting there today and you're thinking, is that possible? It is so possible. You and I can leave today with such a new freshness. And our love for God, 
That that will be the thing that we look back on in December and we say, what was the catalyst? What was the big thing about this year that totally made it different than any other year? Because I knew him in such a way that I'd never known him before. Because we have to or because we want to. All right, so let's talk about a few blockades. I have a mirror here today. And so, you know, oftentimes we look in a mirror and we're going to get some things adjusted before we go. You ever looked in the mirror and thought, oh my goodness. There's a couple of you in here, uh, friends, lady friends, and we've talked about this before. Don't ever let me go out with something hanging in my teeth. You know, I will, do, I will be loyal to you if you'll be loyal to me. And so, we, you know, if you don't have a mirror, listen to this relationships with others are a reflection. When you're in relationship with people, it shows you something about you. Now, oftentimes we're doing this, or we've got our back to the mirror, and we think, they don't know me. Or, just because I can't get along with half the people in my life. I mean, the other half, or you know what I'm, what I'm saying? We want to look at ourselves today because it's going to help us with some blockades in knowing God. When we know him, there is a face-to-face exchange that happens, and we find out more about ourselves than we ever knew. It's such a sweet thing, sometimes a little edgy. sometimes a little edgy that you look in scripture and you go, ouch, you know, or, you know, there's that, it can be a little bit sharp at times when we look into the face of God and worship and maybe things flood our thinking about ourselves that we need to adjust. Let me, let me remind you of something. If the Lord is talking to you, It'll always be a tenderness and a gentleness behind that, even if it's correction. So I want you to be aware of that. And when there are times that you feel that you're looking in a mirror and there's so many adjustments to be made, trust him, trust him that he loves you fully where you are. So relationships are a lot about mirroring. That's why we want to increase our relationships, not just our relationship with God. That's first and foremost. I'm asking you today to make that a priority in 2019. Now begin to ask. You're going to have to, don't just go, yeah, okay. No, you need to sit there and say, what does that look like for me? I'm not going to blame anybody anymore. Moses, when he was out, when he went to the tent of meeting, there were probably a number of them that thought, that said, oh, he thinks he's all that. Or, you know, whatever. He, he comes back and he's glowing like a light. Maybe they said it on the inside and they dare not say it on the outside because it, it, it would have brought reproach in a community. There's no more of a reason for you and I to draw near to God than for the fact that we don't want to look at someone else and say, well, if I had their life, then I could certainly be close to God. Why? She's a stay-at-home mom. She has all day. Or, listen to the mothers. Did you hear the mothers groan in the place? So... So our relationship 
with God, we want to look at that today and say, what can I do? Because I can tell you this. He is fully ready to receive you, knowing everything about you. I want to look at one, Psalm 139 before we go into blockades. Psalm 139. Again, this is one of those things that you might want to jot down because there's going to be some blockades we talk about in a minute as we talk about. We're going to need to look in the mirror. And there's going to be some blockades that we talk about. And how do you remove those? Here's one way. You want to have a couple of things that you know about God. You might tell me something that you know about someone else in the church. You know, hey, I know them and they they work here or there. I know that Kelly's a school teacher and I know that she teaches fourth grade. And so, I, you know, you might tell me about that person. That is completely different than me walking over and finding out a little bit about Kelly myself. So that's what we're doing. When we're talking about God, we can't just think, well, all kinds of things about God that are not true because it'll be a blockade. And that's where we're going in a minute. Here's verse, uh, Psalm 139 says this. Um, in many scriptures, it'll say Lord, uh, many versions. I like that a little bit better because that's, that's what this, this, the psalmist is expressing to God. Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. This is God saying, I know you. I know you. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Do you know anybody in your family unit? And you just know little things about him. Oh, yeah. He's home and he's going to come in. He always goes straight to the refrigerator and pours himself a glass of tea. and You know, all those endearing things. I have one of my children and, I mean, since young, open the door. Bang. Mama! It's still so sweet to me. Open the door. Mama! (laughs) He's familiar with all your ways. You discern. Let's go on to verse 4, shall we? Before a word is on my tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. He's so sweet. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. We're going to stop there. I want, I want you to have that backdrop because some of you, you've got a blockade in, in knowing God more fully and you need to jot down this passage and read it for the next few weeks. There's a blockade. You think God's mad at you. Let's talk about blockades in relationships. First of all, in relationship with other people, are you going to seek someone out that every time you talk to them, they're disagreeable? Just contrary. Just disagreeable. 
And if you say, I think it's going to rain. Oh, you know, it hadn't rained in who knows when. And it's just disagreeable. Just disagreeable. Contrary. Do you seek that person out? In our relationship with God, if we're not careful, we'll just be disagreeable. We're sitting there and we're listening about the love of God and you'll go, well, he don't love me. We want to be aware and unwind some of those things that have been playing in our head. Well, he probably doesn't love me and we fill in all the blanks and that's not fair to God. In fact, if you don't, in the next few minutes, as we look at blockades, I want you to have a a sense of faith to agree with what we're talking about, to agree with God's word. Maybe you hear it preached on Sundays and you're like, how could that ever happen to me? We want to stop ourselves. And that's the time to sit right there and go, amen. I don't know how that is going to happen. I don't know what, I don't know. It's, it's difficult for me to believe that, but that's in the Bible and I will not disagree. There is a blockade to your life and my life and our walk with the Lord if we argue with his love, his principles, his goodness. Are you disagreeable in your relationship with others or in your relationship with God? It'll be a blockade. Here's what the Bible says. If God is for me, who can be against me? Romans 8.30. He's not against you. You may feel like everybody else is, but you're going into his presence and you're, you're, you're bringing all that contrary stuff from the world and you're bringing it in there and saying, well, he's the same way. Maybe you're doing that in your relationships with people. There's so much stuff that's gone on in your life and you have rejection. You have stuff that you're dealing with and then you try to have a close relationship with somebody and you've got all this stuff. Well, I know they're, I know, I just know that they're not, they might say that, but they don't really mean it. There's no faith in the other person. They can say, I love you. They can say, I I value you. You're attractive. I know you really don't mean that because I do need to lose 10 pounds. Do you see the the same principles that work in your relationship with other people? Do you not have faith in other people? And when they say, "You're you're a good friend, I value you. And we say, we mull it over in our head. Surely they didn't mean that. Blockades. Let's go to this next one, guilt. Do you, is there a blockade of guilt in your relationship with God? The Bible says that, um, We should be quick to repent, right? We want to be quick to repent. Keep a short account with God. Don't allow things to build. And when we ask him to forgive us, what do we do? We have to have faith. We can't say, Father, forgive me, I repent. And then, I know he really didn't. How could he? You see, that's a blockade to relationship. Uh, And if we do that with God, we're doing it with other people. We may not know it. God, surely. Surely God couldn't love me that much. And then when other people in our lives try to embrace us and validate us and love us, there's that mental traffic. Wow, that surely they couldn't love me. What about this? Have you ever, um, maybe you know someone, been over to grandma's house, uh, aunt, you know, she doesn't live around here, right? We'll just go that way. She's far, far away. And you, you meet grandma. Grandma, it's so good to see you. And she says, well, I've been so lonely, so, so lonely. No one ever comes to see me. What am I talking about? Positive exchange. How are you in your relationship with God? I haven't seen you in so long. You know what that grandkid at 19 years old is thinking? I'm sorry, Grandma. I'm sorry, Grandma. In their head, if I could get out of here. 
as soon as I can get out of here. I'm talking about your relationship with God. If you allow guilt to be the foundation in your relationship, you're not going to love it. You're not going to love it. It's a blockade. And if that stuff is playing, and you, if, if you could go to God and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, and you've already apologized and repented of that in the past, he would say to you, for what? What are you talking about? He's already moved on, and we've got this stuff playing. Let's move on to know him in 2019. Let's go to the next one. Demanding. Have you ever met someone that was demanding? Demanding beyond demanding. Uh, don't look to the right or the left. And a person that is so demanding. You know, if you are the one in a relationship with God, and every time you come to Him, it's all about, Lord, I need this, and I need this, and I... I Lord, I'm telling you, if I have to deal with Aunt Mabel one more time, and it's all about that, is there going to be a satisfaction when you come to him? No, now you can tell him those things. Go ahead and bring it to him. But the goal, we're talking about desire. Say desire. The goal is to leave with such a feeling of him. Such, not feeling, the filling up of him. It'll be a feeling too, eventually. We're going for desire. So are you demanding of God? Is it all about you every time you talk? We're looking and we're addressing blockades. We want to press on to know him. Have you ever hung out with a sad and depressing person? We're looking in the mirror. Sad and depressing person. Because I guarantee you, when if you're hanging out with sad and depressing at work or wherever, because you have to, you are not saying, hey, I know we worked all day together eight hours and you're so depressing and sad, but hey, could you... <laughs> Let's meet tomorrow for lunch, and then we could do coffee on the weekend. You're not. You don't want to be with them. If you enter God's presence and you are sad and depressed every time, that's why Lisa says, it's really not her, God said it, but she's quoting him, enter his gates with thanksgiving. God said that because he wants you, he knows you are not addicted to sad and depressing. He knows you are not going to keep coming in there if you've got guilt, shame, depression, and sadness, it hinders your relationship with God. You might think faith people are just all a bunch of pie in the sky. No, we want something positive because there's an addiction to that. In fact, that's what people go back to when they're shooting up and snorting and all kinds of alcohol. They're trying to get a state change. You were created for a state change. I was too. I don't want to live. I don't want to live in the junk and in the soup. 2019 can be different. But if you're addicted to sadness and depression and you bring it into your prayer time, you are not going to feel a sense of connectedness and being attracted to him. When you leave his presence, let that go. In fact, you need to do it, you know, get the sad and depressed and come in when you're sad and depressed with a goal. I'm going to get this out in the first few minutes. And then if you have to plug in worship music, you all got your iPhones. There's no excuse nowadays. Here's, here's the next one I want to talk about. Our perception of God. It can be a blockade. Our perception of Him. We think He's mad. We think He's keeping a record of wrong. Now listen, I'm talking here to believers. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, if you've never asked Him, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I have sinned. 
and I want a relationship with you. That's the starting point. So you, you don't even have the blockades because you're not even in relationship yet. So assess yourself. Do you need to step into relationship with him? Our perception of God can be a huge hindrance. Have you ever been misunderstood? I bet you all have. If you're, you know, anybody in here over 12, you've been misunderstood. There's a, there's a pain to that. When someone's telling you something, I know you think this about me. You think, no. Have you ever been misunderstood? Oftentimes we misunderstand God. We need to check what we believe because it's a blockade oftentimes to that relationship with him. Not, not what he said about her, not what she said about him, but knowing him based on what I know about him. The, what he says about himself, because I've had some face-to-face interaction and I know him, not because of what someone else said, not know about him. What do you know about God? What, is, what are your perceptions? That he's a loving God? See, a lot now, some of you, maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, Quinn, if I really think that God is such a loving God, isn't it going to make me just where I think, oh, well, I can do whatever I want. The Bible says it's his kindness that draws us to repentance. So oftentimes people that are just in a, a loop in their lives of sinning, they have still never gotten a revelation. God loves me. He loves me enough. Now, remember, the Bible doesn't say God accepts everything about us. Sometimes we say that. God will accept you, everything about you. That's not in there. But it does say that he loves us, and there's a power in his love for us to change. There's a power in his love. Maybe you parents can identify with that, and you love your children but you, you don't love everything they do. But that relationship is in place. That relationship is in place. And the goal is for that relationship, a lot of little laughter going on in here. We're all, we're having some conversations, aren't we, with ourselves and seeing ourselves in the mirror. There's a lot that takes place in our relationship with each other. And the goal is the love of God transforms us. If we don't have the love of God, we're not walking in an, an expression and an experiential. Say experience. He wants you to experience him. That's so different than he said, she said, they said about God. To experience him. So, do you, have, do you disagree? Are you disagreeable in your relationship with God? Is there guilt, constant demanding, sadness and depression? or a wrong perception of God, or no desire for him. Remember, it takes time and attention for any quality relationship, and your relationship with God is no different. I'm going to ask you to do something in closing. I'm going to ask you, today is January 20th, and so I'm going to ask you, you know, for us to know God in the coming year, we're going to have to make some adjustments in our time. If you have never made Bible reading part of your daily action, I'm going to ask you to do that. I'm going to ask you to make the Word of God first and foremost, and I'm going to ask you, if you've never read the Bible before, you've not stuck with it for any length of time, that you go home today, you might think, well, today we already had church, right? Who needs to read the Bible today? No, T today, on your own, read Proverbs 20 if you've never had a reading plan. 
what will happen in 31 days, you will have read um, the book of Proverbs through. So in February, you'll look back and say, I read a book of the Bible. So if you've never read Proverbs before, you've never read a a portion uh, of Scripture on your own in your Bible time, I'm going to ask you to do that. The other thing I want you to do is I want you to decide to spend at least 10 to 15 minutes a day with him. Some of you, you already spend clearly an hour a day in the morning. God may be asking you to ramp that up a bit because he wants to do new and fresh things this year. Some of you, you spend 30 minutes every day. It's just what you do. So I'm just going to ask you, just you make that private between you and God because we are pressing on to know God in 2019. There's no reason. I'm not a public speaker. There's no reason for me to even be up here and for us to have any type of exchange without the power and the presence of God. There's no reason for us together next Sunday. Let's just all just do our own thing. Without the power and presence of God, why meet? Without his experiential presence in our lives, why get up in the morning? It's all about knowing him. I'd like to pray over you. And I'd like for you to just, uh, in your own thinking, for you to have a dialogue with God. You've probably been doing that even as I've been speaking. Where are you and where do you want to be? Where do you want to be in him? Father, we just uh, come before you right now. We thank you that you loved us first, Lord. And because you loved us first, we can love you back and be in relationship with you. In fact, your word tells us that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us because it's true, Lord. You already made the first move. You've already done everything you needed to do to be in close relationship with us. So, Lord, I pray over everyone under the sound of my voice that you would burst something fresh in our hearts in 2019. May we know you in truth. May we know you in our spirits, in our hearts, in such a way as we never have before. Lord, I pray a special blessing over people in the house that have known you for years. They've walked with you. They've seen you carry them through difficult times. They're not new in their relationship with you. But I pray over them right now, Lord, for a freshness, for a fresh touch from you, a a fresh experience from you right now in Jesus' name. And then may that carry on And begin to grow. Seeds of the word I pray. Be watered as we leave this place. And become part of our lives. Part of our daily application. In Jesus name. Amen.